This is the 2.1 cast. Visit the2.1.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at the2.1. Hello and welcome back to the 2.1 cast. I say welcome back, it's, I mean, a week has passed, so it's not like we've been sitting here for the whole week. Yeah, we don't move from no, the spot. No, not moved. Uh, we're very committed to the cause. Yeah, and then, unless there's someone who, like, in 10 years from now, is going through every single episode, like, one after the other. I mean, why wouldn't you want to binge this? It's top quality Scottish football content. So, uh, how are you doing, Graham and Stefan? You sound almost, like, sarcastic when you said that. I wasn't that. sarcastic, I'm just in a very good mood. Okay. Um, how are you doing, alright? Not bad, how are you? Uh, not too bad. Enjoying the international break so far? I love it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, now who's in sarcastic? Uh, <laughs> I, I think we'll just just get on with it as we as we usually do. Um, I think we all know what what the kind of case is with Scotland. We need to win the remaining games. We've got Slovakia and then we've got Slovenia, uh, and that will hopefully give us the playoff place to take us to the World Cup. The first since France '98. It's only been twenty years. Who's counting? It's, it's not felt long at all. There was a point where it seemed that we wouldn't even get this far or this close so let's just start off by kind of looking at what what's changed over the past few weeks and months that's allowed us to get to this position um in terms of tangible results not a huge amount um we've beaten lithuania and malta and yes scotland were impressive against lithuania but a 1-0 win would have done the same job as what we ended up with um and actually I don't mean to put a dampener on it. I don't think Scotland actually played that well against Malta. I don't think they, they reached the heights against Malta that they, they did against Lithuania. So, yes, I don't, I don't think too much has changed. What has changed is whether, whether it's, it's, it's justified or not, there is a confidence about, about the camp at the moment. Um, but after that Lithuania game, it really felt like that was a bit of a turning point in the whole campaign. Again, you can debate, debate whether it should have been, but that, that seems to be the consensus. Um, so, yeah, I think... From the fans, I mean, I, I don't, I've not actually heard. Is it a, a sellout on no, Thursday? No, it's not a sellout, but surely the crowd will be bigger than it has been for recent qualifiers. There's been a lot of turmoil on Twitter about the, how the pricing of the tickets and the fact on a Thursday night means that there's probably going to be quite a lot of empty seats. Right. Okay. But that's well, that, that's probably regardless of people's opinions on our optimism around the game. Yeah. Well, kind of compromises the point I was going to make but um, <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll stick by I think there's there's a confidence around the Scotland team that hasn't been there since maybe the first half of the last qualifying campaign yeah I think I'm probably a bit more optimistic than Graham there I think that makes a ch- you're right <laughs> yeah uh, we're both <laughs> such different bastards that when one of us just says something positive it's noteworthy um, I think um, the results this year have been much better than last season. I think a large part of that's the fact that Scott Brown's back in the team. Um, even from like the two or the the defeat in Wembley, going past that, you know, one 0 at home to Slovenia is not incredible, obviously, but it's still a win. Two uh, two against England, still a result. The three 0 win in Lithuania was really really impressive. That's the first time I've seen Scotland on the track, and I think maybe going as far as to say. Really quite impressive, actually. And sure, 2 0 over Malta, Malta is not that impressive, but you can't. I think it's quite hard to get the players quite galvanised for that, especially after they already scored a couple of goals. I think they half asleep. Sorry, I think also knowing, knowing Scotland and what we're like, I think we'll take that 2 0 win. Oh, the yeah. times we slipped up against opposition, we're meant to be. I think, yeah, obviously it wasn't a great performance, but I think we'll take it. I mean, have you been surprised at all by the performances, particularly Lithuania? I know it's not a, a hard team, but that, that screams out as a fixture. Like a, like a Georgia, for example, that we would go in and draw that. 
Um, yeah, I was surprised by the, how, just how comprehensive that performance was. I mean, it, it genuinely was one of the best performances I've ever seen a Scotland team put in. I mean, there's not a great, there's not, it's not, a, there's not a lot of competition for that that unofficial accolade. But um, yeah, from start to finish, from the the first whistle to the last whistle, Scotland were in complete control. So I, I am surprised. I'm also surprised in the way they have kind of turned it round under Gordon Strachan because. After that England game at Wembley and after the defeat to Slovakia in the first half of the campaign, I saw a manager who didn't want to be the Scotland manager and I saw a team who didn't want to be playing for Gordon Strachan. So I am surprised that there's that they've managed to kind of find some sort of confidence. I just felt like the campaign was completely um, falling away and it's the only time that Strachan's kind of... Um, given us something to to think about maybe you know we we have all been very critical of of him myself and you in particular Stefan um but yeah he's his rebuttal has been fairly strong over the last few months no I'm not so sure I think <laughs> <laughs> so first of all you're more positive than I am and then I make a positive point right okay no no I think the performance has been more positive but I'm not entirely sure I'm going to give Strachan specific credit for that because I think you can probably draw a real strong comparison between Scotland doing a lot better and more Celtic players playing in that Scotland squad. Uh, you know, the performance against Lithuania, one of the standout players for me was Stuart Armstrong finally getting a starting spot in that team. I've already mentioned well, the taken too long when yeah, players. I've already mentioned the fact that the results almost overnight turned around when Scott Brown came back into the squad. Kieran Tierney's came back in, or eventually Kieran Tierney's been implemented into the team. And now we're seeing Cal McGregor finally get a call up. He's probably not even going to play against Slovakia. Well, but surely even more uh, um, significant than that, and probably as significant in Brown as Lee Griffiths. Well. Sorry, of course. Yep, totally forgot about Lee Griffiths. Perfectly good point. Um, and you know, uh, it's not as if Celtic have only been good for like last since like December last year or something. You know, and so yeah, Scotland do finally look like they've maybe got some shape about them. That like they've they've finally got some performances under their belt, but. It's not these this this team that we're now seeing that's been put together has been waiting to be put together for so long and you know if say you know say if this gate if this this qualification qualification campaign goes down to one or two points I can't help but look back at for example the the game against Lithuania at Hamden where Strachan was still fanning about with that those his tactics and his selections and thinking that's where we fell apart that's Strachan took way too long to implement a fantastic Celtic team into Scotland's squad I mean I think I obviously then know the answer for this next, this next question might be let's poke the bear or bears um, should he stay for another campaign Strachan it, does this show that the, the players want to play for him or is it purely down to that he's actually chosen the right players to be in that squad well first of all please don't call us bears again <laughs> <laughs> Uh, second of all, um, no, obviously, obviously not. Um, it's the end of a cycle for for Strachan. He should have gone at the end of the last campaign. He should have gone. I mean, obviously, hindsight's a great thing, and you can say, well, it's kind of worked out. But given all the evidence we had, he should have gone at the end of twenty sixteen after the, those defeats to Slovakia and England. So, um, no, and I don't think he will stay. I think it feels like the end of a cycle, and um, it is time for someone else to to come in. That Strachan has. Is I would say now, I think maybe my last point was slightly misconstrued, I think now he is doing as well as you would expect Scotland to do. Mm -hmm. But the issue is he's wasted so much time um, getting to that point that um, he would really need to... Even if he takes us to the World Cup, that's like a nice place to end it 
And it would actually, it would be a strange feeling if Strachan took us to the World Cup because I think he's been overall a fairly disastrous national team manager taking us to our first major tournament. That would be a strange paradox and conflict of, of feelings there. But um, yeah, I think it's a, night, a good place to end it after this campaign. Yeah, I think these two last games actually will probably do quite a large amount of the uh, the way that we end up remembering Strachan, to be honest with you. Um <sighs> Graham's right. I think we've now got to a point where, because of the last three or four games, his performances, at least in this qualification campaign, are now on a par with what he should be doing. Um, but he still has to play two hugely important games. If he goes into these next two games and he picks up enough points to leapfrog Slovenia and Slovakia and finish second, then, you know, absolutely he'll go down as a coach who did relatively well. If he, if he loses these next two games, it's just going to be in our qualification campaign that we really didn't win the games we should have won or we couldn't step up and um, challenge the, w- the way we needed a coach to do so. Um, and, yeah, so as simple as that, really, to be honest with well, you. It comes down, comes down to results and we'll find out in the next two games whether he, he as a coach, can, can take Scotland past that bit. What about he wins the next two matches but then loses in the playoffs? What then? Um, uh, that's a difficult <laughs> question to answer. Um, do you mean do you mean if if he does that and then decides to stay on? Well, um, we do decide to stay on. Do you think if he won these two games? No, no. If, I, I think no matter what happens, it's time for a change. Mm-hmm. I think even do you, uh, think, do you think that will happen though? Um, because it seems like the SFA are no. I think it will happen. I, you do I, think I it think, will happen? I think the SFA have. Um, I think the SFA basically do what Strachan wants, and I actually believe Strachan is now at the point of retirement for himself I think from what we heard after the last campaign the SFA kind of had to sweet talk Gordon Strachan to convince him to stay so I I think he's at the point where um, that's why I say even if he gets us to the World Cup from his perspective he'll be thinking that's a nice way for me for me to end even if he gets Scotland to the playoffs that that's that's progress of sorts Um, so that would be a nice way for him to to end as well but as Stefan says these last two games will basically define how he's remembered Uh, let's move away from Strachan for the time being and actually just focus like on on on-field matters what must scotland do in in these two games is there a particular game plan they should employ um against slovakia and slovenia or i mean i don't know i think slovakia seems like a much more dangerous side than slovenia apart from stopping uh hamchik what else do we need to do to to get the victory yeah well i mean i've got a piece up on the website today talking about scott brown missing from the team and how if possible Strachan can try and you replace him and the kind of conclusion I came to was you simply can't there's no one in that Scotland team who can either play the kind of football he plays or to the performance that he plays at I think um, you're doing Barry Bannon a bit of a disservice there but continue well Barry Bannon is actually probably the closest player to, to Scott Brown in terms of style in terms of like he's like a what's the word I used to describe like a meno, what do you call it Mel, uh, a metronome. metronome he's like a possession based metronome in the sense that like for Sheffield Wednesday he passes the ball back and forth like Scott Brown does for Celtic and Scotland but he's obviously nowhere near as good as Scott Brown and in these crunch games Scott Brown's mental aptitude is so so important and <clears throat> besides there's just there's just nobody like him in that midfield if I'm honest with you Darren Fletcher looks like a like he's already halfway to retirement um, despite still playing a relatively impressive level in England um, Barry Bannon as I said I don't rate him to be able to do that and then you've got players like Morrison and MacArthur who 
in my opinion, are far too attacking to to fill in for Scott Brown. I think what you say as well, it's it's also just the influence he has rather than just his on-field ability. I think it's that yeah. influence he has on the pitch and also, on the, I mean, I know, I know he's going to be there for training and in the dressing room, but it's, it's that influence he has and the other players around him. Yeah, and, that, and in that sense, he's probably the most influential um, Scotland player of his generation. There's, there is no one like him. And in a, in a way, he's almost like a throwback to former captains you know if you if you look at captains of teams now of modern football teams they're not really like Scott Brown and I, I think as much as we um <laughs> we get typecast as championing like modern football methods and so on I, I don't I don't think that's a particularly good thing that you've lost these characters from the game and Scott Brown is one of those characters um Stefan you've not mentioned the two midfielders that there's the kind of public clamour over to start as a, as a midfield pairing um, McGregor and, and McGinn That's because you two started talking Yeah I did cut you off I'm sorry No look <laughs> I'm willing to make, I'm willing to like I'm on the cusp of making a really really stupid bet like, oh, do it. Please do it. No, of course not. It wouldn't be an episode of this like, podcast. I would run down the street naked or something, but I'm not going. I'm not going to tie myself. Nobody wants to see that for a start, anyway. But I'm, I'm well. I'm, yeah, that, that's that, actually. Take it back. I'd be amazed if Strachan turns to McGinn or McGregor in this game to start because it's just not like Strachan to just throw young players in at all. Um, especially, can you not see him seeing him do it with McGregor? I agree with McGinn. I think it's quite a. a well, I think I think I think McGinn's. F- much better place to be a Scott Brown replacement. Yeah. McGregor's too attacking, in my opinion. Um, in fact, I mean, and it's not just Scotland. We also have a piece up on the website this week on how Celtic struggled without Scott Brown at the weekend. And Brendan Rodgers himself, even though he has players like Near Beaton and Olivier and Cham, who are genuine defensive midfielders, um, he sticks in Cham in there alongside, um, you know, McGregor and. Uh, 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 oh, Rogic, yeah, I don't know why I've his name there. Tom Rogic, and he alone couldn't do what Scott. The three of them couldn't do what Scott Brown does for Celtic. So it's not just, it's not just gone striking, but being you know in aptitude as a coach. Simple fact that Scott Brown's a genuinely fantastic player, and there's no one in the Scotland team, in my opinion, who can replace him. Um, and I, I don't know how you then tactically try and work around that because. Unfortunately, Slovakia is the kind of team that you definitely want a player like Scott Brown because you have, as you said, Neil, a guy like Hamsik who who really does pull the strings for that team. So is it is it a case of, you know, obviously we've talked about the kind of the off-field influence of Scott Brown. I don't think anyone can kind of replace that. But in terms of his place in the team, is it about just getting someone to, you don't want to belittle what Scott Brown does, but if he's a metronome who just passes t- side, side to side, and it, is it about just getting someone and saying, right, you're not playing the way you normally play, this is how you play. I mean, Darren Fletcher could feasibly do that. He did that at Manchester United for a little while. Nah, it's not It's not just a metronome. It's also Scott Brown also is really, really good at physically exerting himself in the park. He just, he, he's really good at breaking up attacks from opposing players, and I don't think Darren Fletcher does that. Darren Fletcher's passing actually. If you look at how he passes for Stoke, I don't know. What, I can't. I can't bring up what he did at Man United, but he actually kind of just tends to wander around the pitch, making short passes, you know, further to the right or further to the left. He doesn't. He doesn't stay put in the centre of the park like Scott Brown does. Um, and yeah, I just. I, I, I'm never repeating myself, but there's no mid. There's no centre mid in that team. And as I said earlier in the show, um, when you look at the performances, the, the best performances Scotland have put in this campaign have been when Scott Brown's been there. And the three games that he hasn't played in, one was against Malta, okay, you know, fine, we won that game easily. And then it was Lithuania uh, at Hamden, which was dreadful. And then the game against Slovenia as well. Uh, not Slovenia, what was the... I'll try to remember what the other game was. I can't remember now off the top of my back. But there were two really poor games for Scotland. And 
you know, it's not just it's not just a mental thing. It's also the fact that the way he technically plays his game as well is is hard to replace with the players we've got. Is it? I mean, yeah, I, I think that's the, obviously the problem. We're, we're not blessed with lots of Plan Bs in that sense because we are a smaller nation. We've not got like a star player. Strachan likes to remind us about that. And, a regular basis. Is there a, is there a different? <laughs> he likes to force the yeah, point home just yeah, to make sure. Yeah. We are mediocre. Deal with it. Where's my bail? Yeah, where's my bail uh, to bail us out? Is there a, is it, then instead of trying to find someone to replace Brown, do you just change the game plan then, or do, or do we do we not have the players to do that either? Do, do we have a particular well, way? Let me to... tell you first off what is going to happen. Okay. Okay. Is this a bet or is this just? <laughs> no, I'm going to tell you exactly. Mystic Str- Stefan. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm going to You're tell gonna you what's... run naked down the street. <laughs> no, I'm telling you what Strachan's going to do. He's going to play Fletcher and Bannon there with like MacArthur in front. And it's not going to work, and Slovakia are probably going to win this game. That's that's what's going to happen. Right, there's the end of the podcast. Doomsday. Yeah. <laughs> See you next what, week. No, what you should do is far more interesting. Okay. Um, I would, I would be, I would love to see someone like. Um, Here we go. I was talking about this on Twitter the other day. I'd love to see like a midfield trio of like McGinn, Shinny, and McGregor. Shinny, really? Okay. Um, you know, two. Shinny even in the squad? No, 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 he's not. He's right. not. But like that kind of. Th- well, maybe you can you can maybe stick Tierney in there, maybe. But like Tierney re- in midfield. Yeah, you need them. You. <laughs> Scotland really need like they need a defensive guy who's going to bruise Hamsik. That's basically what you need. Um, and then sure, I mean, and then. I just get absolutely no interest out of the guys like Bannon and Fletcher in that team at all, if I'm honest with you. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of what I'd go with, to be honest with you. So, I've told you what's going to happen, and then my, my alternative is like. Can we not have like a happy medium between the two, like between Fletcher and Bannon starting and Kieran Tierney playing as like a yeah, number sure. 10? Yeah, do that. <laughs> Kieran Tierney number 10? Yeah. Bloody hell. No, Kieran Tierney's like my, 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 um, my sweeper. So it's, right, okay. Graham, we'll go to you for some semblance of order <laughs> and a game plan. Yeah, no, no, it's, I mean, it's fine. Um, <laughs> just a bit shook. What's going to happen? Um, I hope he's not going to play Bannon. I think Fletcher um, could be quite valuable in, in his experience. Um, of, I mean, he's a very experienced player and I think he's, he's still playing at a high level. He's got, he's, he's got a huge experience of being crap for Scotland, though. That is not true. I don't. That is not true at all. I think Darren Fletcher's been excellent for Scotland in patches. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is that the very best you can say about Darren Fletcher? That's the best I can say about any Scotland player. They've been <laughs> yeah, so. good in patches. Um, I think Fletcher and um, I think it needs to be a midfield three, and I'd like to see Callum McGregor in there, well, um, just because I think he's worth having in there. I think this game will be. We'll lean a lot on Griffiths in this game. We need Lee Griffiths to be firing. He's, in my opinion, he's a star player. Kieran Tierney, sorry, is a better player than Lee Griffiths. But in terms of a player who's going to win us the game, it's Lee Griffiths. So, if if we we've got Cal McGregor, who at Celtic is proven as being a excellent supply line for Lee Griffiths. Um, so for me with McGregor, it's not even a case of replacing Scott Brown. It's he should be in the team as a supply line to Lee Griffiths. Well, another big loss is going to be Stuart Armstrong. We've obviously talked at length there how much Scott Brown would be will be missed. Sorry, um, against against Slovenia and Slovakia. How much will Scotland miss Stuart Armstrong? Because he he really looks like he's been coming onto a game for the national team, and again he's found his form since the whole kind of contract dispute for Celtic as well. Yeah, I think he's obviously like I said earlier on, he's probably been the, he was probably one of the best players against Lithuania. Um, and he is he's he's. His form, his, his form for Scotland obviously kind of gets dictated by how he does for Celtic and just before he signed his new contract with Celtic his form really did 
drop considerably based on you know his head wasn't there for example blah 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 um he's not as irreplaceable as brown um you know he he plays although saying that he, i'd much rather have him in center mid in in, in place of brown than the, the midfielders i've just spent 10 minutes berating um <laughs> But yeah, so I think if, if you're looking for an attack, we, we do have, like Scotland does have centre midfielders. The thing is that they're almost all attacking players. So I'm not a big fan of Morrison and I'm not a huge fan of MacArthur, but sticking MacArthur or McGregor in there for Armstrong's far more, it's, it's far more doable than trying to find a replacement for Brown, in my opinion. Yeah, I think, again, I, I really... Um I really want Cal McGregor to start in this game. And I think it's not going to happen, Graham. Stuart, Stuart Armstrong um, being out, I just a sane manager would surely look to Cal McGregor. But the fact that he wasn't called up in the initial squad no. kind of tells it's not a good omen. Um, and I did see the um, the Scottish FA Twitter account like making a, a very deliberate point of that. You know how they do like their squad updates. It was just in Cal McGregor. <laughs> so it kind of there has been a bit of a public clamour um, and. I almost feel like Strachan will dig his heels in because of that clamour. Um, We've said that before, haven't we? He's quite stubborn and, and forcing home the point, well, I'm the manager and I'll make the decisions, even if that decision is uh, the best for the national team, as has been shown with Griffiths and Armstrong and everyone that we've just mentioned. Um, so I'm not hopeful that we will see McGregor. It's a shame because you made good points in the fact that him and Griffiths obviously have that kind of club relationship, and both of them are kind of fi- both of them are firing. I mean, but McGregor looks in great form, and I think a lot, of, you know, a lot. Of, I think England are bad for this as well. That they they very really choose on form. I think Strachan's very bad for that. He'll never he, he doesn't need to choose on form a lot of the time. He'll choose on old reliable or people who you know who's, have done a job, whether it's a good or bad job. We do need a mix, but he goes far to the, to the other way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Strachan's entire kind of coaching philosophy is based on like a real strong bond between the squads, and he kind of builds this little protective cocoon around those squads. And naturally, that means it's very hard. It, it, it means it makes it a lot harder to bring guys in and out of the team. And so that's why he he is quite um, averse to you know impromptu call ups. But in Strachan, in, in typical Strachan fashion. You know, he'll probably start playing McGregor in like friendlies next year or something, and then you'd like this guy's. Well, so, a few- so he's going to be there next. Well, season, this, yeah. no, but no, he won't. But like, this is this is what the ideal thing is for him. Is like he'll start playing like three or four friendlies in a row next year, and then he'll be saying, "Oh, McGregor's Scotland's number ten for the next ten years," and the whole country will be saying, "You should be playing him a year ago, you idiot." <laughs> so, I mean, this campaign obviously it started pretty horrifically. It was it was not great at all. Uh, if we make the playoffs, and let's for a moment try and forget whether we win or lose that playoff, if we make the playoffs, can we consider this a success? Yes, but it will be tinged with, well, we could have done a lot better. Um, if we make the playoffs, having basically forfeited half a campaign, um, it makes you think, I mean, this England team are pretty shoddy at the moment. Gareth Southgate's under a bit of pressure. Um Wayne Rooney's dragged them through for years and years and now he's not there anymore. It seems like they do have a bit of a void to fill. So the point I'm making is this England team are there for the take and we saw that in the game at Hamden and that's another what-if moment. Even in the second half of the campaign, a what-if moment is if we just held out for a couple minutes more, we would have been a lot closer to England and it wouldn't just have been a case of going for second place. We would have been, um, if we hadn't forfeited a couple of games against Lithuania and then beaten England, we would have... uh, been up there challenging for a top place so yes it would be a success but it, it, it would be tinged 
yeah, I think finishing. I think just even finishing second in this group is exactly what is is is, is meeting expectation. Uh, and that's why I said these next two games are so crucial. We could find ourselves sitting, you know, one point above Slovakia or end up six points behind Slovakia. And if we end up with the latter, then we'll say, right, okay, Strachan hasn't done a good job or done a good enough job. Thanks very much, but, you know, see you later sort of thing. So I, I, that's what it comes down to eventually. I'm not, I, I think reaching the playoffs is for Scotland at this moment in time is, is way beyond expectations. Well, not way beyond expectations, but... For me, it's finishing second. That Slovakia team, I think, are quite comparable to Scotland, if not probably a wee bit better, maybe. Um, so the fact that we're within one point of them right now suggests, like I said, you know, we're now on par with where we should be in this group. Um, but going into these two games, how we do will not only define how Scotland do, obviously, but how Strachan, I think, his legacy as Scotland coach will be remembered. Do you think we're finally, Scotland as a nation and as a team, is this new generation of players finally emerging have you finally seen the kind of next crop is, is, is this it um yes but we are transitioning into a new generation but that generation is already about 26 27 years old you know it won't be long before we're having to find another generation because we should have been moving into this generation a long time ago um, of course there is one exception is and that is at center back where <laughs> i don't know whether there was um like an issue in terms of like the characteristics of babies born in Scotland over a certain time that we just don't produce any centre backs. Um, completely highlighted by the hype over Ross McCrory, who um, had I think half a good game. A terrible game against Hamilton. Uh, Friday. I know he was awful, but he had half a good game against uh, Thistle and then uh, a reasonable first half against Celtic, and he's going to be. What was it Pedro Cachinho said? He's going to be Scotland's best ever centre-back or something. Um, yeah. So well, Far be it from Cachinho saying daft things in the first. <laughs> yeah, um, so that kind of highlights how badly we need a centre-back. And I've met, we've mentioned before on this podcast, John Suter has kind of been mentioned as the guy, but even he's not really shown much and he's obviously struggled with it, bad injuries over the past year. Um, so yeah, as I say, we are in a new generation, but we should have been saying that three, four years ago. You said last time we talked about Scotland on uh, this podcast about Liam Cooper from Leeds United. He's in the squad this time. He's been recalled. He's still not capped. Is it the kind of he's got a case of the Darren McGregor's where there's no way he's going to start, or can you see him starting uh, against either Slovakia or Slovenia? I hope he's not got the case of the Darren McGregor. <laughs> that sounds horrible. <laughs> um, well, yeah, we we were speaking just before. Um, we started recording this podcast about Liam Cooper. He is playing at a good level, and I can't say that I've I've spent a lot of time watching him. But um, you know, the Leeds are, are you know started the season reasonably well. The problem for him is he should have been transitioned into the squad before now. It's a it's a risk to put him in now for the biggest game in years. Um, he should have had games before now. Um, he's the one player you would say maybe could to, could come in there, but. Um, yeah, it's definitely an issue. Yeah, I think I think a large amount of the frustration that surrounds striking is the fact that, uh, you know, as we've we've clearly pointed out, the fact that he's slow to sign to bring in uh, new players who crop up. But not not only that, but also the fact that this Scotland team is just calling out for someone to just you know reshuffle the board and then start making the most of the crop of players we have. The reason that Stuart Armstrong, etc., are at a certain age and only just getting to the team is because of Gordon Strack. It's not because they've only just became good. Um and there's a whole and you know, and, and yeah, sure Strachan's maybe brought in tyranny, blah blah blah. 
but there are there are genuine amount of good players who like like for example if you were to ask any Scotland fan to pick his star to eleven and then maybe a larger squad I think almost all of them would probably have probably dumped half the players that Strachan still relies on uh, you know the likes of Charlie Mulgrew and players like that and they would be saying right I would have brought this guy much sooner um, and I think that's that's why um, there's there's almost like there's almost a real like passive aggression that people have towards Strachan because they're like I really wish some like you know Michael O'Neill would come in and just you know just wipe the board clean and start anew with this new group of players See if people like Armstrong and uh, the others that you mentioned were brought in at a younger age and the, a manager did shuffle the board. Do you think fans would be forgiving if we lost some games or we had one poor campaign to kind of let these players get experience international level and then in the next campaign they'd obviously be fully fleshed internationals? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a difficult one. And, and, and the example I'm thinking of, of a manager who did that and got absolutely slaughtered for it was uh, Bertie Boats, who came in and was left with a situation after Craig Brown where he had to bleed a lot of players who, quite frankly, weren't ready for it. Um, he maybe went too far to the other extreme, but... It's definitely a difficult one, but you are you can do it gradually. That's the thing. You do it. You do it maybe two or three players a time, a squad. You bring them in. You bring them in to, to train. I know Strachan's done a little bit of that actually, but um, you don't just do it all. You don't just dump them all in the one squad. Um, and that is the situation we're now in because of Strachan. Is whoever comes in next is going to have to. As I say, in a, in a couple of years, we're going we're gonna to have to be having this discussion about we need another generation, and it only just seems like we've moved on, um, and that is primarily because of uh, Strachan's selection policy. Right, finally, prediction time. Are we going to Russia next summer? Uh, well, I'm going as a casual anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> Casual fan or a casual football hooligan? No, casual football hooligan. Oh, really? yeah, yeah, that's what I presume. Yeah. Casual mecca yeah, in the Russia World Cup. Yeah. T- 2.1 mini documentary. Yeah, Graham embedded himself in the Russian gangs of Moscow. <laughs> Pay to see that. Uh, no, we're not. We're not. No. Definitely not. I really can't. I honestly. I don't know. I, 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 I just. I just <laughs> so pensive. I, I honestly can't see us beating Slovakia right now without Scott Brown. And even if we had Scott Brown, it'd still be a huge ask. I mean, Slovakia look really impressive. They've lost to England, sure. Slovenia took points off, I'm not sure, but. I just can't see us uh, beating the Slovakia team, even though we have been playing better. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'd quite happily admit if I'm wrong if we do beat Slovakia and go to that final against Slovenia, and you know, there's there's hope, but um, nah. Uh, <laughs> nah. I, I don't think we'll be going to Russia, but I think we might get a playoff place. I'll, I'll, I'll choose to be the hopeful one out of the two of us. I, I mean, it's not. I don't have anything tangible really to base that on, which is not great for a guy you know who runs a site that really is based on like data and statistical analysis but uh, I'll go with um, I'll I'll ignore my head and say that we'll get to the playoffs and then get thumped by an Italy or someone I'm I'm going to go ahead and say the worst case scenario for me is that we finish second and then everyone thinks that we're actually turned a corner with Strachan and he stays for another campaign and then, and then at that point, I'm going to have to like move to New Zealand or something because I, I can't deal with it anymore. It's any more strategy. New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> Are they really any better? I mean, they had Chris Killen up. No, I'll just give up forever. I'll just oh, give yeah. up on Scottish football entirely. Right. 
Great. Um, so if the two point one, <laughs> yeah, 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 excellent. Okay. Yeah. So if the two point one is still a thing next week, uh, you can follow them on our social media at the two point one. That's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, uh, and at the two point one dot com, you can see about all the subscription options on the website there. Uh, until next week, we'll be back with another episode of the two point one cast. Uh, we'll see you then. <laughs>